In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. How good and pleasant it is when brethren live together in unity. Psalm 133, verse 1. This was my younger son's favorite psalm, and I always smiled inside when he started it on the day he led prayers at breakfast. He liked the part about the fine oil upon the head and the hills of Huey Herman. All the children would smile on the outside, and for a moment there was unity. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler, and I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. And as you can hear, my voice is kind of in and out, but hopefully it'll stay more in than out this week. And this is Costa Rica. Well, at least it was last week. can't believe it was just a week ago that I was there. Famous for its coffee, I drank it at breakfast, but there were no good coffee shops to get a cup during the afternoon when I needed a boost. And we think Texas is steamy. Costa Rica was steamy, not only because it was at the beach, but I was also in the rainforest, and it was the rainy season. One of our very well-informed guides, and we had a few of those, told me that although it rains all year round in the forest, the amount of precipitation changes from the rainy to the dry season. So dry doesn't actually mean no rain, it just means not so much rain. Obviously, judging by the verdant environment and the rich, earthy smells, the wildlife love this kind of weather. And the country was ablaze with every coloured flower under the sun. Hibiscus, orchids, birds of paradise, banana trees and palms, red and yellow bamboo and mangrove swamps. Those were the ones that I knew and recognised. There's hundreds and hundreds that I had never seen before. We also... Oh, oh, oh. We also saw lots of white-headed capuchin monkeys who were as fascinated by us as we were by them, eyeing our backpacks or anything we had in our hands that could possibly be stolen. Or food. They'll eat anything, apparently, which is very bad for them, so we were warned not to feed the monkeys as we walked through the national parks. My favourite reptile was the red-eyed tree frog, You've seen it. It's mainly green. It has blue sides and yellow and red legs. It's the brightest looking frog ever to croak. I also saw two species of the poison dart frogs. Wasn't allowed to touch those because of their venom. Thank goodness, you know, just in case I wanted to pick one up in passing. Our guide told us that one drop of venom can kill 100 people. And they're tiny too, about the size of your pinky fingernail. Poison certainly does come in small packages. Then, of course, there was the powder blue butterfly, the symbol of the Central American rainforest. The more diversity I saw, the more awestruck I was by our creator's imagination when he unleashed his artistic skills 
and went wild. Our flight to Central America, that sounds so adventurous, doesn't it? Was most enjoyable. Um, it went off without much ado. And in fact, I asked my cowboy, who is fast on the way to becoming my caballero in a sombrero, who complains that traveling isn't as enjoyable as it used to be. I asked him what exactly was tedious or fraught-filled about our smooth, at least to me, trip to Costa Rica. He finally decided that it was his age and probably the fact that, one, he didn't like being out of the saddle for long, and two, he didn't like traveling away from home so much anymore. To be honest, it was painless. No 10-hour flight, heavy bags, long walks, slow buses or crowded trains, as Malia and I had just experienced in England. Just a four-hour joint on a jaunt on a small plane with a short taxi ride at the other end was all it took to arrive at our delightful little hotel in San Jose. Had 20 rooms, one flight of stairs and no coffee machine or telephone in our room. But there was an ice maker right outside our window, one of the patios below, which someone used all night or so it seemed. In the morning, we had a delicious breakfast, not buffet style, but a menu from which we ordered, and we were served by a waitress who had a bare midriff, was nothing short of delightful, and spoke excellent English. And yes, the water is fine to drink, but don't flush the paper. We had a friend of an acquaintance who lives in Costa Rica book our trip for us before we left America. And she called just as we were renting our car before leaving San Jose. She said she'd forgotten to warn us about the petty crime in the city. Well, actually, the petty crime throughout the country. She said tourists who are silly enough to leave their cars unlocked or with all kinds of visible valuables in them are asking for trouble and asked us, please don't do that. She wondered if either of us had ever traveled outside the United States. And here I was talking to her in my boldest English accent. So I assured her that both of us had traveled extensively out the, outside the U.S., but I listened, experienced enough never to take safety in another country lightly, but we'd never traveled to Central America. There are those words again. She expressed her concern about us getting lost trying to leave the city. She made me promise her I would have the hire car company lead us to the highway. I said, okay. But thought, you don't know the excellent sense of direction genes my family has. Honestly, it was a turn right, first left, and you're there kind of thing. And we arrived at our destination in record time, or so our worried acquaintance's friend told us when we phoned using a public payphone on the side of the road to tell her, we are here. While in <coughs> Manuel Antonio, we walked through the smallest national park in Costa Rica. It was adjacent to our hotel. Our keen-eyed guide with his telescopic monoscope was able to show us close up a two- and a three-toed sloth. The two-toed sloth was asleep, and a three-toed sloth was having his breakfast. They were both hanging in a cecropia tree whose leaves and bark are used for some medicinal purposes by humans and food by sloths. They're strange creatures. They have really slow metabolisms. So they don't expend much energy because leaves are really slow to digest and convert into fuel. The sloth um, digests the leaves very slowly in its digestive system. It takes about um, a week 
digest. And um, while the leaves are sitting there, they release calming substances. And so the sloth sleeps for about 15 to 18 hours a day and walks around, or I should say climbs around in the branches. They rarely make it down to the ground, really sluggishly when awake, which isn't for very long. I commented to my nearest and dearest who went with me on this trip, he knows the ones to pick, that we hadn't seen any interesting birds. Um, we'd heard beautiful bird song, but we'd only seen dull brown or black birds, nothing brightly coloured against the green of the foliage. But as we went further south, that all changed, and we espied seven toucan. Their beaks are so large, they looked as though they'd stuck a plastic cup over their mouths. They were feeding on the evening mats and bugs flying through the air at dusk and stood out magnificently in the high branches of the rainforest canopy. And at 6 p.m. each evening, it was dark, quickly. No long, drawn-out twilight, boom, light one minute, dark the next. I'd forgotten some countries did that. So in order to get everything in before it rained at night, we arose to the lovely sound of the howler monkey each morning, or Congo, as they call it in Spanish. Try to get online to hear this primate. Wow, I have never heard a noise quite like it before. A rude awakening, to say the least. And I need to add here that we saw not once the whole time we were there and I expected a skyfall since we were miles or kilometres away from the city lights must have been the cloud cover I was disappointed well time to go to my book excerpt last time I looked at the way my family controlled their emotions and their tempers without exploding while I was growing up and after seven years of homeschooling my children have learned what rattles each other's chains and the house has filled the results of their discoveries and I realise how my religious up affected how I viewed life. One day it hit me. Out of the blue, I became this other dreadful person who was yelling like a fishwife at the innocent children. If I step back a moment and take account, they were not all that innocent, but there are times like this one when they seem able to goad each other to try me to the limit. They'd cause the toilet to overflow left toy cars on the kitchen floor and discarded clothes all over my lounge. But they were young and not deserving of the treatment this dreadful woman who claimed to be their mother in her sane moments when they were asleep was meeting out to them. When I'd finished laying into them and exhausted my rantings for the sake of my own voice, I felt awful. While it was happening, it was rather refreshingly heady to let all the frustrations go and shout. Louder than anyone else in the house could shout. Even loudly enough, I'm sure, to alert the neighbours. But when I'd calmed down, I was ashamed of myself. Ashamed that I'd allowed the enemy to take me by surprise and discover my Achilles heel that I had hidden from myself for so long. I'd been homeschooling my children for almost eight years. I was most definitely in the swing of life. Life was easy, everything was going well, and the fact that an increasingly demanding God was an acknowledged participant, home education had never felt so right. Doomed by thinking in this way, I was walking headlong into hell on earth, and I knew it. Every good Catholic knows it. Doing God's will is not supposed to be easy and feel right. It's supposed to be a daily challenge of scourging and hair vests remind us of the agony God's son went through to save our miserable souls. Surely Jesus must have had some happy moments on earth. He preached the good news of salvation for God's sake. 
Isn't that what gospel means? Or have these bigoted old priests in Rome forgotten these basic tenets of Christian faith? Pleasure isn't sinful if pursued honestly with some old-fashioned morality thrown in. But for a cradle Catholic, which I am, when life gives pleasure and moves along smoothly, warning bells go off in devout heads and the heavy cloud of oppression descends as we prepare for disappointment, challenge and sometimes life-threatening consequences. In every Catholic's mind, all good things have to be countered by a bad thing. And we'll continue after this break. So join me in about seconds. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler. And we'll be right back after these. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents' Plate is here to help you. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents' Plate does. The Parents' Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents' Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, I'm back. In every Catholic's mind, all good things have to be counted by a bad, for example, If Cousin Mary gets terminal cancer, then she must have taken too much pride in her children. If Uncle Joe wins the lottery, we all know that money is the root of all evil, and he'd be better handing it back. If Grandma Ellen breaks her hip, then that's God's way of telling the... Oh, sorry, and then that's God's way of slowing the octogenarian down. Catholics are always on the lookout for the ominous dark side of the silver-lined cloud. Two wrongs will not make a right, but a moment's happiness will result in years of misery. Count on it. No wonder so many of my Catholic friends are depressed. They're frightened to be happy or to find beauty in God's natural world in case they bring a curse upon themselves and their families. Not surprisingly, 
Many of them have left the church altogether and are now non-denominational Christians. Who wants to live under the fire and brimstone of dogma and papal infallibility? Yet, despite all this brainwashing by educated men and Irish nuns, I found that not only did I feel homeschooling was absolutely right for our family, I actually derived a great deal of satisfaction and pleasure from it. For the first time in years, I was happy and convicted in my actions. My demise, which snuck up on me out of the blue, occurred one semester and wagged its index finger at me, tutting heartily and growing, growling while taunting me with a temper I thought I'd brought firmly to heal a lifetime ago. I'd successfully managed to curb my anger with breathing therapy, which worked most of the time quite well. I'm not trying to make you believe that I never lost it. I just wasn't as murderous as I could have been without the healing presence of my daily sherry. I still seethed inside, which I now know is terribly bad for me, and had a great deal of fun imagining all the things I could throw and the words I could yell. But the most I'd ever been able to manage with people who were not counted among my nearest and dearest was a feeble, hey there, you just shoved me. Any someone, no one, sorry, Somehow, no one takes an angry English accent seriously. I love your accent. I can just listen to you all day. What did you say? The offending person would coo. Defeated, I'd counter with, oh, that's all right. I'm sorry. It was my fault, really. Are you okay? Now, I sat down hard in the one-room schoolhouse garden of my mind and tried to take stock of the unexpected resurgence of the yelling fishwife who dwelt within me, along with the Holy Spirit. Well, this week I have two guests um, who are going to join me. And um, Dawn Prohavnik is the founder of Small Talk Learning, a training and consulting company specializing in teaching sign language workshops to children and their grown-ups. She's the author of The Big Blue Bowl and seven other children's books in the Storytime with Signs and Rhymes picture book series. Welcome, Dawn. Thank you so much, Vivian. I'm glad to be here. And also on the line is Christy Jenkins, known as an idea entrepreneur. Christy created the first video for teaching sign language to the general public called How to Talk to a Person Who Can't Hear. Today, it's sold as a DVD under the new title, Sign Language for Everyone. Hello, Christy. Hello, Vivian. Glad to be here. Well, good. Okay, so I've got both of you on the phone and... um, have either one of you have any experience at all with homeschooling in your personal lives or either one of you homeschooled or do you homeschool? I haven't. This is Dawn. I haven't homeschooled. I do have several friends, however, who have homeschooled and, and have, have followed it from, from afar, if you will. Okay. And Christy? I have no children. I'm not married and I don't have children, but I happen to live on a very well-known homeschooling island near Seattle. Okay where uh, I would say 60% of my friends homeschool, so I hear a lot about it. And you're very popular with them, by the way. Okay, well, that's good. I just wanted to um, point out to um, my listeners that really you don't have to homeschool in order to be able to um, be a resource or a help to homeschoolers. And um, homeschoolers are very diverse people, and we kind of (laughs) go out there and um, just pull in all kinds of information that we can get. Yes, thank you for not holding it against me that I don't have kids. I appreciate (laughs) it. Absolutely not. I mean, that is the beauty of of homeschooling is that we're just not tied into anything. We can just go out there and and search around. And there are a lot of people out there who are more than happy to help homeschoolers who may never 
have met a homeschooler before, but we tap into them and say, we need your knowledge. Come, come and <laughs> talk to us or let us know what, what we can learn from you. So that's what I'm doing today with both of you. Um, you're both involved in sign language. Now, I know, um, Dawn, um, you're with or you um, teach American Sign Language. And Christy, yours is CJ Sign Language. Could you tell me, Christy, um, the difference? You know, this is a very fine point. Uh, no, I teach American Sign Language, but in the simplest terms, if a person is learning English and they do not pronounce everything correctly and their sentence, American sentence structure is not exactly the same as mine, you might say they're using pidgin English or they're using, um, you know, compromised English or foreign English and... The perfect sentence structure for a deaf person of the arrangement of sign language is called ASL, American Sign Language. I am teaching, I'm, I'm teaching that. I teach sign language. It's up to the person that learns it to arrange it in the order that best works for them. I'm happy for them to know it a little bit or know it fluently. So I'm not a uh, hard-nosed person about this distinction of, oh my goodness, your sign language isn't perfect, so you're not doing ASL. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I share Christy's um, perspective on that Thank as you, Dawn. well. Yes. Um, so I I teach ASL vocabulary words in mm-hmm. English word order experiences, whether that's through the stories that I've written or in the workshops that I teach where we're still speaking in many cases in English word order, but we're using authentic words from the American Sign Language vocabulary. But I don't want it, this to be putting off your uh, listeners right now, and they go, oh, my gosh, this sounds so difficult. And that's why, um, Vivian, you very innocently started with the most uh, probably hated question between Dawn and I. <laughs> Dawn and I have never met, but I imagine she cringed like I did because it makes it sound like it's something really technical and difficult. But the, the deal is is that both Dawn and I, I believe, we teach sign language for hearing people. I'm not trying to teach deaf people how to sign. This is for hearing people and kids and moms and, and animals. You can teach your dog sign language. He can't sign back very well, but he can understand it. <laughs> and um, so we are hearing, and I speak English, and I use good English sentences. Therefore, when I learn sign language, I tend to arrange the words in the same order that I would say them. Now, I'm getting better at that after all these years. I can have a conversation that is more in the arrangement of a deaf person, but a deaf person will never construct a sentence the way you and I do because they don't hear. They don't need all the extra words. They don't need, they don't need the and and but. So without getting technical, let's just say that learning sign language is actually easy. It's very fun. Kids pick it up instantly, much faster than the parents, although the parents do come along. The kids are exasperated and teach their parents quickly, and it's, a, it's such a wonderful, fun language. An analogy I use with many of my students, both um, youth students and adult students, is that we're, we're borrowing some tools, if you will, from the ASL, American Sign Language, toolbox, and... As a result, we're going to be very skilled in building a birdhouse. We're going to learn how to use a hammer and nails and some scraps of wood, and we're going to put those together, and we're going to build a house that a bird will be quite happy and safe to live in. Now, by being exposed to that, we might also develop an interest 
in building a bigger structure and building a bigger structure. But it it doesn't mean that we have to be able to build a condominium complex, learn the entire American Sign Language vernacular, syntax, sentence structure, to be able to borrow from this very beautiful language that the, the deaf community created and used. We can we can borrow those tools and use them to enrich the learning experiences for children and adults. So poor Vivian, you didn't know the can of worms that you opened by asking oh, that no. very kind question. Know, have, uh, as homeschoolers, we have certain questions that do exactly the same thing, and it's, it's very good to kind of get that out uh, up front. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm going to ask both of you, um, Christy, why is sign language so important to you in your life? Oh. Why did you decide that you needed you know, I so fell into it. I had a spiritual epiphany. I went to the movie Mr. Holland's Opus. At the end of the movie, this deaf actor came on the screen. I did not know him from a bale of hay. I felt held in my theater seat. I heard pay attention in my ears. And I took his name off the credits. I wrote him a letter. I said, here's who I am and here's what I do. And for some reason, I'm supposed to contact you, and I don't know why. And he contacted me back, called me through a relay service. He is a deaf actor. And we agreed to meet. And I went out to rent a sign language video to teach me some words. Even though he could clearly speak, I wanted to learn some words to be polite and sign, and found that there were no videos at all for the general public. I couldn't buy one. I couldn't rent one. I couldn't order one. I was appalled. Mm -hmm. So standing in this blockbuster in North Hollywood, California, I committed my entire inheritance that I had at that time sitting in a bank waiting for me to decide what to do with. It was $100,000. It's a matter of public record, so I say it. <laughs> I committed it to create the first video to teach the general public how to sign. And because I was a television writer, I made it really fun. It's like watching an hour of Friends, like watching a sitcom while learning to sign at the same time. And I starred this actor in it. I knew him for two weeks before I said, hey, by the way, I've decided to invest all of my money in you. He was absolutely horrified. He was afraid it would fail. And I said, look, I have a track record. If there's something that I want that I can't find, I create it for the market and it's successful. So this is what I'm going to do. And then that, that's what I never had even met a deaf person until I met him. So it was really a, yeah, a spiritual story. calling. Yeah. And um, Dawn, uh, we're going to be going to a break while you're talking here. So Dawn, get started and then we'll uh, keep the thread for after the break. Okay. So Dawn, oh. why? Okay, thank you. Well, my background is in communication. I have all of my educational studies, my interests for years have all been around communication. Most of what I did for a good portion of my professional career was helping grown-ups communicate with each other in corporate settings. I was an organizational development professional for a number of years and a trainer. And when I was expecting my first child, I happened upon this new, what at the time was this new line of thinking called Sign With Your Baby. And it was this way that you could sign with hearing babies to help them communicate before they could talk. And I thought, well, that would be a fun thing to do. So I began reading it, exploring it, remembering that as a child I was very interested in sign language. I had, had volunteered in special ed classrooms. Um, All right, we're going to break. So we will come back to you in about 90 seconds. So hold your thought. <laughs>
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Are you alarmed, anxious, angry, even afraid of what is happening to America? It's time for Grassroots America, We the People. Learn how to get involved in your voting precinct and take back our country. It's time to build unity upon the Constitution and the wisdom of our founding fathers. Grassroots America, We the People, every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central on Toginet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge. Hi everybody, this is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Okay, so Dawn, we left you signing to your baby before your baby could talk. Yes, thank you. So that reminded me of my interest as a child in, in signing. I had volunteered in special ed classrooms when I was a youngster. I... I always say, laughingly, I was raised on three episodes of Sesame Street a day before we knew that TV was maybe not that good of an idea. There was a lot of signing in that. And I I decided, well, I'll sign with my baby. And I met my baby and discovered that um, the label that, that folks give to her is that she was a spirited and is a spirited child. She has... Um, a, a very high energy level, a, a very persistent personality. When she was a little baby trapped in a body that couldn't share my language yet, um, signing shifted very quickly from our family from being something that was just fun to do to really being one of my survival mechanisms as a parent to have her be able to say the reason I'm so unhappy is you keep offering me carrots and I'm really in the mood for some bananas and by the way, I know you just changed my diaper, but I'd really like another change. Um, I started teaching classes to other parents that were in my um, circle of friends, and and um, in the late 90s opened a business called Small Talk Learning, uh, more formally teaching parents. My teaching style is uh, incorporates a lot of songs and rhymes and interactive finger plays, and out of that came some children's stories that incorporated sign language and um, similar to Christy, one of the things I discovered was that although there was a wealth of information at the time and, and still is for people who were wanting to sign with their babies, board books and um, very simplistic picture dictionaries, by the time I got involved with this, a, a handful of, of signing videos, um, now websites and, and blogs and, and whatnot, there weren't books that told good stories 
in lyrical, playful language that incorporated sign language. And I needed those as a teacher. And so I started writing them and then eventually had a publisher that that published them. So similar to Christy, a very serendipitous path. And and I, I tell my daughter all the time of the gifts that she has given me just because of who she was when she came here. Well, that's, you know, um, fascinating. And I think I'm hearing something like um, you can teach before the actual language skills become evident yes. in a young child. The, um, the, the, the well, I guess, the, the signing can happen before. And so they might be struggling to communicate something. And the only way they can communicate, as we know, is to cry and fuss or whatever, you know, if they want, if there's something bad going on. But if they could sign, then perhaps it would be better. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. I, I love to give the example of my, my son. When he was little, he had two ear infections. Neither of those ear infections presented themselves in the traditional way with a fever or a runny nose or even a, a particularly grumpy disposition. But he, he knew the sign for hurt. Um, he had had many opportunities to sign that as he bumbled around and, and bumped a knee or uh, hurt a toy or, or uh, you know, got bumped into by the dog, and we would use the sign to describe the word for hurt. And on both of these occasions, these ear infections came before he could speak verbally, and he signed by his ear, hurt. I'm hurt, mm-hmm. and he was very insistent on that. And I remember the first time I took him to his pediatrician, and I said, I know this is kind of crazy. Will you just check his ears? It will, it will make me feel better. Flaming air infection in the side mm-hmm. of his ear where he'd been presenting mm-hmm. and perfectly normal on the other side. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, both of you can answer this question, but I'm going to Christy first. I want to know why, why you think every child should learn to sign. Mm, thank you. Some practical ways are I, I had a big workshop here on the island where I live in February, and a lot of uh, families from my church came, as it turned out, the, the parents and the children. And then I noticed immediately in church where you're supposed to be silent, they were signing to each other. The kids were more weary or hungry or wanted to go to the bathroom, whatever, and so instead of having to cry out, they could sign. Mm-hmm. This also happens in public. It's a great way, you know, <laughs> uh, the public at large is not happy hearing loud, whiny children. Mm-hmm. And if your child is verbalizing and being whiny and you turn to them and you sign, pay attention, it's a, it's a kind of a large sign, and it brings them completely to attention and quiet. They have to focus on the sign, and it mm-hmm. flips them into another part of their brain. The signing synapse is much shorter than the word, think of how you say it, verbal speech center. It's mm-hmm. much easier to sign. That's why babies can do it pre-verbal. And so when the child has to suddenly think, oh, I need to sign back, why am I whining? Because this is what I need. They get very quiet and very focused. And parents love that. And so does the public. Um, and this jumping ahead from children into grandparents because, you know, Families are so important, all age groups. A lot of the speeches that I do are on the new incredible research that if you learn to sign, let's say in your 50s or 60s when you're completely mentally alert, you will not have early onset Alzheimer's, perhaps not Alzheimer's at all, because it opens up a part of your brain that you shut down when you become verbal, and it keeps that part open, 
and there was not a history of Alzheimer's in the deaf community. It's a very fascinating language. Oh. And you, of course, when you first went into this, you knew none of that. Zero. Absolutely nothing. Oh, that, you know, I would like, for some reason I have to meet this person, and, you know, there there was nothing. You didn't really know anything else about it. No, the deaf actor, very handsome, Anthony Natale, I should have said his name, who was in Mr. Holland's Opus, and, and then Jerry Maguire in a lot of commercials and has done a ton of work. Uh, as he became my friend, I wrote down everything I asked him. What questions did I ask him? What signs did I need to learn first? And I discovered that when I personally knew 167 signs, I was able to have a conversation. Sometimes I had to spell things, but I was able to have a full conversation. So my DVD, Sign Language for Everyone, has over 300 word signs in it. So you can really uh, have full conversations with, with children, people your age, adults, senior citizens from, from the, one, the one DVD. Mm. Um, so, Dawn, why? Why do you think it's important that every child should learn to sign? You know, I, I think one of the ideas that, that really resonates with the homeschooling families that I know is that they know that learning can and should be fun. And sign language is so much fun for kids to learn. They really see it as a secret code to unlock and, and something to, to delve more deeply in. I, I think it's also about looking at opportunities to extend learning and meet the needs of a particular learner. So sign language can help kids who have special needs in terms of a learning disability, it gives them more than one sense to take the information in with, more than one, I, I refer to it as a bucket, storage bucket in their brain to pull from when it is they're trying to re- retrieve that knowledge. And just as easily, sign language is a resource for children who are on the other end of the continuum in terms of meeting learning targets that are beyond what we might expect of a, of a young person, and they're needing something to, to dig more deeply into, to challenge them, to stretch that learning. Um, signing is something in, in, in just the everyday course of learning that we can incorporate and, and enrich that learning experience. If we're at the zoo, we can incorporate signs for animals. If we're writing a story of our own and sharing it with somebody, we can extend that by adding some signs to that experience. If we're looking up, we're learning a new big word, we can extend and enrich that experience by looking up what is the sign for that word? How do we finger spell that word? We're really only limited by our own creativity. And, and I, I've incorporated a lot of different learning techniques, if you will, over the years being a, a trainer and I've never found anything like sign language that is so flexible and available to so many mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, so um, staying with Dawn just for a moment. Um, so for, for homeschool, you know, parents already have a load of stuff on their plates. They're teaching, you know, lots of subjects and some of them are easier than others for them. So is it difficult or time-consuming to um, incorporate and learn sign language? You know, that's a a fabulous question, Vivian. My experience in working with people is that sign language sounds scarier to people than it is. It's a very intuitive language. It's very accessible. Um, The sign for book looks like, you know, you're using your open hands 
to open and close like a book might open and close. If you're signing eat, you're putting your hands to your mouth like you're putting food in your mouth. If you're signing milk, it looks like you're milking a cow. There's, it, it suits our, all the, the mental pictures that we've developed for a lot of these words and, and is in alignment with that. Um, and the other thing is there are so many great resources for signers. Um, you know, certainly um, Christy's video that she's talked about, um, the children's books that I have, but beyond that, online dictionaries and web-based classes and blogs. Um, there, there's a wealth of information to support that. And I find that it doesn't add an additional layer of to-do to, to our already busy schedules, but it gives us an opportunity to do the steps that we're already doing and make those more meaningful, make those have stronger learning benefits. And um, Christy, you you laughed about um, you can even train your dog, but maybe the dog wouldn't be able to respond. So um, (laughs) I've seen that actually. It's amazing that you can actually teach your dog sign language too. So uh, do you have any sort of a story or or, um, an example? Do Do you have a dog and does your dog know sign language? I have a dog on the island that I love that I take out for walks uh, who lives in a condo, and I feel sorry for him, so I take him out a lot. And he does. He knows good. He knows bad. He knows come here. I take him for walks in the forest often. I don't want to call through the forest and disturb the animals with my voice, but if he's coming near me, I can sign to him or sign sit. And he does them. I mean, I obviously verbalize them a while because he's Uh been trained at his house verbally. But uh, dogs pick up on it, and, of course, not to turn your homeschooling show into um, uh, a show about uh, the great apes, but, you know, it is so well known that great apes communicate Mm -hmm. through sign language. They are incredible at learning American Sign Language, and there's a lot of stories about how how amazing they have survived and predicted and let other people know and and humans that sign that a a storm is coming or a fire is uh, uh, raging too far away for them to even know. It's incredible. I mean, sign language is, is the word that Don used. It is intuitive. It is very intuitive. And like other homeschooling programs where it's up to the parent to teach the child, teach the child, teach the child, <laughs> I keep hearing from parents that they showed their kid my DVD and the child is teaching the parent. All right. So okay. the kids just pick it right up. And I've had fan mail saying, my kids watched it once, and they came to the dining room table signing to each other, and the parents are amazed. Well, we're getting ready to go on another break, and will you, will you two ladies be available to come back quickly for five minutes after this break? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Dix of Beatles and Beyond. You're listening to George Harrison jamming in the background here as I'm preparing the next show for you. So why don't you listen to Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix on this radio station?
innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guests teach us how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, Christy and Dawn, I know we've barely scraped the, um, the, 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 well, whatever, the, the, I don't even know, top of the iceberg with um, the homeschooling and um, sign language um, questions. So what I would like to do, we have about five minutes before um, I need to let you go. And thank you so much for staying a little bit longer. But um, Christy, um, I'd like you to tell us how you market um, your product to um, schoolers. Where where can people find your DVD and are there other resources that you recommend? Thank you. Uh, I'm very fortunate that many journals just pick up the information and they list it in their journals and I don't even hear about it. So I have a website, signlanguagevideo.com. Of course, it is a DVD now, but the, the website is signlanguagevideo.com. And I have a, a, a toll-free number, 1-888-LEARN-SIGN, 1-888-LEARN-SIGN. And um, I've just been so fortunate. You know, the homeschooling network seems to be very tied into each other and you all are very good about recommending things and letting other people know things that you have found. And so I've been very fortunate at how many homeschoolers around the nation have discovered my work and I'm sure Dawn's work. And so my marketing is, is limited to, to that and the fact that I do show up in, in your town. I show up in cities and I do big lectures and workshops on sign language open to the public. And people find me that way, and then I do, you know, the local morning talk shows. All right. Well, thank you. And Dawn, how do you market your your products? I've really found that um, the Homeschooling Network has such uh, an active communication amongst amongst that group, and so um, I've been delighted to find the the story time with signs and rhymes books coming up on blogs and, and other social networking sites. In terms of my individual outreach, um, my books have been reviewed um, in professional journals as well, um, book library book list and, and school library journal. Um, I do a lot of appearances at ed- education conferences, libraries, um, other public appearances, and then a lot of small outreach to private groups, be it scout troops or homeschool groups. Um, folks find my books 
in the traditional places like Amazon.com or their independent bookstore. Uh, just recently, actually, I've started um, marketing them directly on my website, which is smalltalk, T-A-L-K, learning.com, um, or folks can Google Don Prohovnik, um, but Prohovnik's a, a tricky last name, P-R-O-C-H-O-V-N-I-C. Um, and when folks buy directly from me, I'm able to personally autograph the books, and I've found that to be really meaningful to children. Um, they feel like they've got this personal connection with an author and with somebody who's dedicated a good portion of their professional career to reaching out to, to kids, helping them communicate. Well, Vivian, I want to say, yes. oh, I want to say one last thing, if I could. Yes. The uh, third largest growing, excuse me, the number one growing health disability in America is hearing loss. Mm-hmm. And this is happening nationwide at a rampant pace. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of um, private students, families, where the, let's say, the 55-year-old grandmother is losing her hearing. Mm-hmm. And that that grandmother's adult daughter and children want to learn to sign. And so the kids are the ones teaching the grandparent. The kids are the ones most able to communicate with the grandparent who has a hearing loss. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And um, I just I didn't realize I've learned a lot by speaking to both of you about the um, benefits of, of signing. And I'm going to be putting your information on my website for those of you out there who are listening and who couldn't write it down quickly enough. Don't worry. It will be on my website on Toginet Radio. And um, I've been talking to Christy Jenkins from Seattle, Washington State, who created the first sign language teaching video for the general public. She shared her thoughts on why every child should learn sign language. And Dawn Prohavnik from Portland, Oregon. Dawn shared early literacy benefits of American Sign Language for hearing children and gave us some simple ways that homeschoolers can incorporate sign language into their daily routines. Thank you both for joining me this afternoon. I've enjoyed our short time together. It went really fast. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much, much, Vivian. And Christy, it was nice to chat with you both. You too, Don. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Okay. That was most interesting. Actually, I learned learned a lot there. I mean, one part of your brain shuts down. When you stop talking, your talking part shuts down and something else opens up when you're doing sign language. I think that's that's, um, really, really interesting stuff. So I'm definitely going to learn more about that. And... um, I'm not alone in this one, I'm sure. Getting older, not only do you lose your hearing, but I think we get more plucky. I'm bolder like the coffees Malia brings home. When I watch my children and see how conscious they are of their images, I remember that I was like that once, but not anymore. It all started when they were young and I had to pull myself together and ask questions in order to be able to afford my children the pleasure of doing things like meeting people who they'd be too bashful to approach on their own. Don't think my parents did that. In fact, they won't ask for anything now, and they're a lot older than I am, so for them, age hasn't bestowed more pluck. Perhaps for me, it's a combination of age and America. I go home to England and feel shameless in my eyes and to my ears. I'm loud, brash, and quite unabashedly forthright. Everything I used to hate in American tourists I came in contact with in London while working at Victoria Station has morphed to a kind of kindred spirit feeling when I meet cowboys and others like them on my travels now. It's an almost 
oh, thank God, now we can talk about something that we want, what we really want, or what we're really feeling, a sort of bonding of the no-holds-barred community abroad. I caught myself at the airport in London recently raising my gentle little voice and throwing it in the general direction of an airline employee several yards away to ask, do we need our passports at this point? I wanted to know before I put mine away, not wanting to get it out once again, if someone was able to tell me yay or nay before I got to the counter. Malia tapped my arm and admonished me, Mum, you're not a fishwife. Stop it. Now. Oh, she's 18 and has an image to keep her and responsibilities. Oh, well, I skulked behind my indoor voice and slunk to the counter, unneeded passport in hand, just in case. Honestly, I really don't care anymore. Well, there are certain things I still care about, like toilet paper on my shoe or spinach in my teeth or something in my nose. But for the most part, I'm a brazen hussy these days. I actually go out makeupless, except for Vaseline on my lips. I don't brush my hair sometimes. Sometimes I drive my daughter to work in sweats and an old T-shirt. Things that I would never be seen dead in otherwise. My reason tells me I'm just going down the road a few feet. No one's going to stop me and ask me to get out of my car, I hope. Forget my mother's rule, never go out without lipstick and powder, stockings and heels. Going back for a moment to the lady in Costa Rica, who was so worried that we'd get lost leaving San Jose. I mentioned to my cowboy that she must have no sense of direction if she was that paranoid about such a simple exit. But once we got to the beach destination, she was meeting us at, we were lost. She told us she wasn't worried about us being lost in Jaco Beach. And here we were, absolutely bemused. After a couple more roadside phone calls, remember we didn't have a cell phone, it turns out that our hotel was not actually in Jaco Beach, but in a nearby town called Hermosa. That name had not been mentioned in the initial instructions of where we were going. You haven't got there yet, she informed my husband. Duh, we knew that. Go about three more kilometres further down and you'll find it. Distances were not a reliable variable in Costa Rica. I'm not joking. I saw a sign to a butterfly farm that read two kilometers with an arrow, and then every 500 meters or so, there was another two-kilometer sign. Also, road names and highway numbers are marked, but not town or street names. Hotels are marked, so are restaurants. We saw a sign that pointed to a Kentucky Fried Chicken, one kilometer. Forget Hermosa, unless you know that's where the fried chicken is. I don't know how we finally got to our hotel, but we did. We had to turn off up a clearing along a beaten road, rocky, muddy, and full of yep, potholes. Then we went through some gates that promised cabins and a spa and ocean view lots further up the mountain. Our hotel could have been in California. It was lovely. A quadrangle with 14 cabins and two villas around a pristine swimming pool. Perfect refuge set about 800 meters from the sea which could be heard pounding on the beach that had black sand in the evenings. Behind us were rainforest mountains, and I walked up the dirt road that first night in search of the ocean view lots. And sure enough, about a kilometre straight up, I turned around on wobbly legs and was rewarded with a breathtaking and balance-threatening view of the valley. The ocean and other million-dollar properties scattered below me in the foothills. Then some really random thought flew into my head as my mental monkey swung from idea to idea. My fixie bike wouldn't work here on this hill. And as I descended, I couldn't help envisioning myself on various wheeled contraptions 
hardly managing to stay upright on my own two feet on this steeper than steep decline. Forget bringing my skateboard, rollerblade, scooter, or bike. Four-wheel all-terrain is a must in this country. We didn't hire a four-wheel all-terrain car. Costa Rica only has four and a half million people. Can you believe that? This massive country with one-third the population of Manhattan Island or half of Dallas-Fort Worth. Most of the locals are farmers, especially up north. The tourist industry is the country's main source of income. There are also large plantations of palm oil trees brought over from Africa. As an introduced crop, it flourishes and trees look very impressive lining the roads between the seaside towns along the highway. Another introduced plant apparently is bamboo. I don't know where it came from, but it's been there about 40 years. And there are rice fields. That surprised me. I suppose I'm not expecting to see rice fields outside China, but the staple Costa Rican food is black beans and rice. So I suppose there would be rice fields. Anyway, well, I'm going to bid you farewell for another week. We've come to the end of our time together this week. It's been great. And um, I'm off to help my oldest daughter move into her new apartment. She's moving a little bit closer to home this time, just down the road. And then I'm going to attend a baby shower. I have a wedding and a memorial. So I've got a busy weekend. Thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight. Our four children who are the result of that belief. All the hardworking staff at Talking Net Radio. My guests, Dawn and Christy. And my faithful listeners, especially Hannah and St. John's. And stay tuned for Ali Lopreet's This Little Parent Stayed Home coming up next on Talking Up Here. Have a great week and join me next time when I'll be talking to Sarita Holtzman. She's the co-founder and president of Sunlight Curriculum. And I just want to do one little plug. Um, I went through um, an Africa exhibit with World of Vision and it's Step Into Africa and it's Experience Aids and um, you can find them on the website. On, well, well, on the web, it's called um, World Vision, and a lot of churches do this walk through Africa. And we've got one right here in Garland running through this weekend. So until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Togi.